0: Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Home is where you should feel the safest. But the air there can be more dangerous. Up to five times more polluted than outside air.
1: guest is Janelle Sacucci, a marketing director for a national company called Kraft. Janelle's worked in journalism, marketing, and PR, starting as a marketing intern and rising up the corporate ladder to become a marketing director within only a few years of working. Currently, Janelle also does freelance marketing, PR, and branding, and she does speak about that in today's chat. She also speaks about balancing both her corporate job and all that freelance work and how to really come up with that optimal balance. Janelle shares some great stories and advice on standing out as an employee on how to have conversations with management about career growth and how to discuss your career aspirations with your manager. Today's chat is amazing, so insightful, and I just know you're going to love it. So thanks again, gals, for tuning in. Make sure if you do enjoy today's episode to follow us on Instagram at WorkingGalsGuide. And of course, give us an amazing rating on Apple Podcasts and a great review as well. Thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, hear today's episode. Hi, gals. Welcome back. I'm here today with an amazing guest. She is so high energy and I love her story and she has so much to share. Her name is Janelle. Hey, Janelle, how's it going?
2: Hey, I'm doing well.
1: Thanks. How are you? Good, good. I know we were chatting before we hit record and we were talking about how, you know, I'm from Vancouver, BC. You're from, you know, Alberta and Calgary and we've both lived in each other's cities, which is awesome. And I honestly wish I was able to take a road trip out to Calgary right now because I have so many friends from university there that I just miss so badly.
2: Oh my gosh. We should
1: do a house swap because I miss yeah. Vancouver. So Yes. Yeah. So when were you last living in Vancouver? two
2: years ago. So Canada Day two years ago. Um, Yeah. And the plan was to go back and visit, but obviously things are a little bit different now. So Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be able to hop on a plane and get there soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, both cities are amazing in their own right. And there's so much to do in both places. And I mean, yeah, I can't wait to get back to Calgary. You can't wait to get back to Vancouver. Maybe one day somewhere in the middle, who knows? Yes.
2: yes. Yeah. I love that. But yeah. I'll let you know next time I'm there and let me know next time.
1: you're Yes, recovery. definitely will do. Well, before we get too far into it, if you don't mind just doing a quick intro of yourself, and that way all the listeners can get to know
2: about you and what you do for work. Sure. So good. Well, thank you again so much for having me. Um, my name is Janelle and I spend most of my days glued to my laptop using digital marketing and PR to help brands tell their stories, and to build my personal brand as well. I love it. And
1: again, originally, you know, this is a Canada girl. So all those Canadian listeners, we have another one of us on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But Janelle, I'm so curious. So where'd your love for marketing, branding, PR, the whole gambit of it? Where'd that
2: love come from? Why'd you want to pursue it? How did it all start? That's such a good question. So, at first, I went to university, starting my English major and my psych minor, and it was because I was so interested in understanding the way people think, and I love to write and tell stories. And I'm like, I like, I loved both classes so much. I'm like, do a double major in this, and then I realized that's kind of what PR is. That's what marketing is. So I did two years of an English major and a psych major. And then I switched into PR and I'm like, this is a perfect blend of both. I'm writing so that people understand a story and yeah, that's just kind of how it happened.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, walk me through your professional journey. So did you start as an intern? How'd you build your way up? I know you've worked for, you know, national brands, which is crazy. I love it, but walk us through the progress. Um, What happened?
2: Okay, awesome. So you are from Vancouver. So my first internship after I left Victoria was in Vancouver. And that was for blends coffee, which is a national coffee shop very focused in British Columbia. Um, so I was an intern there. I was a social media intern at blend. And then by the time I left Blend, I was the director of Communication, So I had progressed a lot through my role at Blend, but then we moved to Calgary. And so um, I've worked at a couple different, really cool organizations in Calgary. I've worked for a PR agency as an account manager. I've worked for um, an online media company. So I was the one that was getting all the press releases, and all the stories and figuring out what to write. So I've worked there. And then now recently, my role is the digital marketing manager for craft beer market um head office so we oversee the marketing strategy for all of the
1: restaurants across canada amazing wow i love <laughs> I know there's lots did. going on there yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Know, there's a lot, but it's amazing to see all the different places you've worked and I mean, like you even mentioned yourself, you jumped quite a bit from being an intern to a director, for example, just at blends within a couple of years, which is a big, big jump. And it means that you were obviously, you know, a standout employee, you're a real star there for sure. Um, But just going back to that blends experience. So how do you think you got from an intern to, you know, being hired full time to then being a director? What do you really credit to being able to make that leap?
2: Um, that's such a good question. And I have to be totally honest. I think some of it is luck. So I don't want people that are trying to progress in their roles, thinking like I'm doing all the things, why am I not getting there? Some of it's luck, just anything in life, but a lot of it. So at the time, my boss that was in front of me or ahead of me quit. And so I applied for that job. So was that luck? Yes. But if I didn't work really hard and show my value, there's a million other applicants that wanted that job too. So there's a little bit of both. But I would say for the things that you can control, that's not luck, is always, I think you always have to have in your forefront of your mind, like, how do I progress in this role? I ask my bosses all the time, like, what does the next step of my career look like? Or how can I, what can I do to get to this role or asking those questions, making people always think about it. Like I brought that up to them. I knocked on the president's door when I was way under that role and I said, what can I do? Or what, like in your annual reviews, talking about what your aspirations are, instead of just asking them and maybe they don't always have the answers, just showing value. So, hey guys, we don't have an influencer strategy like, I want to take this on, and this is how I'm going to build it out, and then this is how I'm going to show value, and I'm like, okay, Janelle knows a lot here, or I'm going to take this risk, this is what I'm going to do, and it's just showing leadership, and I think sometimes when we're early on in our careers, it can be so easy to kind of fit into the role where you don't want to ask questions, you don't want to stir the boat, but I think just speaking out being like I think that this is what we can do and this is how we can do it then people start to trust you
1: yeah absolutely to be honest and I love the fact that you were almost able to combine two parts to actually you know get to where you got like first of all you were actually doing the work you were you know, bringing up initiatives, project ideas. Okay. This is suggestion showing a leadership mindset, which is huge, but then also really communicating with your managers. And like you said, going to the president and talking and saying, Hey, these are my goals. And this is really want- yeah. where I want to get in a couple of years. How do I get there? And yeah. without you telling someone, how are they supposed to know? And if they know exactly. that can actually help you mentor, you set out the correct steps for you and kind of encourage you as well. And it puts it in their mind. And I'd love to hear more about you going to the president. Cause that is a crazy
2: story. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> you know, what? it's so interesting. I, I, I think sometimes you have to, like, hold on to the wheels of your career and just know that you have to drive the ship. Like, what is the worth that can happen if you go to the pre- president and say this is what I'm interested in like I have a full memory of knocking on that door saying this is what I'm interested in but what's the worst honestly there is probably nothing bad that can happen out of that they would just think wow she's driven she's like okay and then they start to envision when you ask them like what can i do to progress my role or what what would assist you these are my ideas what do you see and then they start thinking about you in that role like very early on so um but if i had to say anything for for that maybe like do it when your boss or your president is in a really good mood and they're down to chat about it. So I probably wouldn't have that conversation at 8am on a Monday, but I remember having that conversation on like a sunny afternoon on a Friday when they're in a good mood. So just, just know that you could be flexible with like the timing of that you bring that up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, also as well, I think, you know, once they have a cup of coffee in them, especially if you work at blends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was going to say too, and I'd like to get your opinion on this um, and maybe talk about what you did as well. Like when you go to someone and, you know, who's in management, they're a director, they're the president, you know, anyone who is above you in some way that can influence your path within the company and your growth as well. Yeah. Do you go to them and say, this is my goal, I want to be director in two years, tell me how to get there? Or is it more so, you know, you go to them and you say, hey, I am driven, I do want to have growth in the organization, where do you see me in a couple of years, and then you kind of base your path off of that
2: hmm You also have to be careful because if they're the director, they're going to be like, mm, that's my job, girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have to say, I really want to see career progression. I want to progress in this role. I don't want to outgrow this role. I want to keep growing and adding and maybe take it away from you. Like when you frame that question to how does that benefit them or the company? Like I know I have so much more to add. This is where I see myself. I want to make sure that I can keep growing in this role and keep adding to the company. Like, how can we map that out together? They're gonna to be like, no manager that's a good manager would we'll be like, well, we can't map it out together. And they're like, okay, this is how we can map this out together, or this is, or if you see that they're hiring external agencies for a lot of things. So for instance, like if we were hiring a PR agency or a graphic design agency or where we're outsourcing things, we're like, how can I save the organization money and time and bring that in-house? I've done that for photography. I'm like, I know photography. I know PR. Let me handle that let me execute this. I'm going to save us from outsourcing. And that's kind of a way that you can share that you want to grow in your position. But I would yeah. almost have it as a two-way combo and like read the room to say, like, how can we map this out together so I can keep growing?
1: Definitely. And I love that advice because I feel like a lot of times it's not something that we learn from really any class. Like you're not going to yeah, like, a course, sure, right? right? how to have this conversation. You're like frantically Googling stuff online and articles are popping up from people who probably haven't had the conversation. And, you know, it's sometimes hard to get advice like that. So I love that you just shared that. And I think um, I'm taking notes, so I will be using this (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, So I do want to talk as well about your role at Blends. And, you know, I know it changed over the span of time that you were there, but if you don't mind, you know, just very high level, you know, what is a social media marketing intern do? What does a director do? What were kind of the different roles um, and I guess responsibilities you had in those different roles that you had?
2: Mm, Such a good question. So social media. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back a couple years with this, but how they're different from a very high level is the director of brand executes the whole vision for the organization. So say that there was a national Christmas campaign that they want to execute. They would understand all the different facets of that. Okay, so we're gonna do public relations. We're gonna do, this is the type of messaging. It's gonna be really lighthearted and cheeky. Our goals for this are gift card sales. We want the gift card sales. And so they kind of understand the whole vision. And then the intern, that's where they would take what the whole vision is so I'm like okay so the goal is gift card sales and we're trying to be cheeky and funny and I was a lot younger than everybody and I knew how to speak to that target audience so I'm going to make sure that the tweets um, are in are in line with the goal that we're trying to do so it's a little bit more as an intern you're executing you're the one that's answering the vision but I think it's so important to be on the same page it's like it's so important to know that the vision is gift card sales or positioning ourselves as cheeky and so that you can prove at the end of that like this is how I did it this is how I measured um, the sales this is what I attributed this to so it's definitely more execution than vision but it's important to know kind of
1: what, how they're both connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes sense. Um, But yeah, I think both are interesting. I think it's always important to understand. um, And of course, because you came from that intern role and then progressed, you know, to the coordinator role and et cetera, et cetera, until you became director. It's good to know like what the actual person executing is going through before you actually come up with the vision because you're able to have more empathy for it and just oversee it at a
2: better, um, you know, point of view almost. Oh, exactly. Like, everybody thinks that when somebody else does something, it's easy for them. So Mm -hmm. the intern is always going to think, oh my gosh, the director, they just got to come up with a vision, that's easy. And then the director is always going to think, oh, the intern, you know, just has to tweet it out or put it on Instagram, that's easy. So it's really understanding how to make each role as effective as you can, and then understanding that what each role, yeah, what, what they each entail.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um well, I love your experience, you know, at Blends. Super cool. Um did you see yourself, this is a random question, but when you were younger, did you see yourself entering into, you know, the beverage industry um or was that something that just really happened when you got the internship?
2: Oh, that's a good question. No, my dream job, well, I'll get to my like very dream job, but my dream job <laughs> Uh, right out of university was to do marketing for Sephora Mm. because I love Sephora I worked at Sephora for a little bit in university and I wanted that but I also spent all the money I earned at Sephora at Starbucks so it kind of (laughs) balanced each other out that I ended up working in a place that was really similar to that but it's interesting like the the opportunities that life just presents to you. Mm
1: Oh, it's it's very true. I mean, even the place I work at, not to make this about myself, but
2: yeah. Um,
1: yeah, even the place I work at, like, you know, sometimes the job just comes to you. I had someone reach out to me randomly while I was still at school and say, hey, we used to know each other, you know, two, three years ago. I know we haven't spoken in years but my company's hiring. Would you like to come and do an interview? And it, oh,
2: really,
1: it was so random. It came so out of the blue. And I hardly knew this guy, too. Like, it was a very random connection. And I was like, super weird, but okay, I'll go and do the interview. And yeah, I got the job and I just kind of fell into it. So, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, but you never know, like, what's going to happen, and sometimes, you know, when the opportunity comes, you just have to grab it and run with it and, and just see where it goes because
2: you never know when the
1: next one's going to come, so...
2: Exactly, exactly, and yeah. if if it's not the perfect fit, it's always easy to change, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I definitely agree, I definitely agree. All right, so Blends, again, amazing experience. I love all the stories. Thanks. Fast forward, because, you know, you had a couple of different roles, but then now... Mm-hmm craft beer market um, as a digital marketing manager and you also have some freelance that you're doing as well so how did that yeah. come about how did you get into freelance and how are you balancing that with your day-to-day you know
2: full-time job at craft <laughs> yeah that's always a really good question honestly so I got into freelance because I had to move from Vancouver to Calgary and um I found it very difficult to find a job while I was in Cal- while I was in Vancouver in Calgary and so I was like you know what I'm just going to start on my own. I'm just going to put it out there and do that on my own. So started working with lots of women entrepreneurs, helping them with their social media strategy, helping them share their stories to the media and PR. So that's kind of when I started my freelance. And then I got really lucky and I had a couple um, full-time position offers. So most recently it's with craft beer market. And so my role is very focused on online advertising right now so everything like very high level strategies that I didn't learn truthfully in my communications degree or even as much at blends because this was earlier um in my career with blends that that wasn't Uh, As public knowledge, but with craft. I've even honed on my skills a little bit more so getting really specific with retargeting campaigns. So that's when you went on a website and you checked out these pages, but then you got a really got an ad on your Instagram stories right away. So learning the art of that and really understanding how to report on metrics on Instagram instead of just throwing things out there it's like what is converting to reservations in the store and just really getting deep into understanding like the digital marketing space um so that's been my most
1: recent role with craft oh so interesting and you're still yeah. doing the- oh so it must be you know a very demanding you know work <laughs> yes. balance right now is that correct
2: Um, Yeah, I think at the beginning, I like threw sleep out the window, drank coffee like it was water. And I'm like, this isn't sustainable. So what is a way to balance working with clients and working a full time job? And I think it's really knowing the scope. So like, if a client pays you, I'm just going to throw out a random number, say $1,000 a month, a random number, you have to do the math in your head. So, if your hourly rate is $100 an hour, which, like I said, I'll, I'm just making up these numbers on the spot, that you can't spend more than 10 hours a week on that client. So, okay, so if they're paying me $1,000 a month, I get 10 hours a week on this client. How do I break this out into a time that doesn't like seep into my daily life? So, what I would do is Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I just knew were long days, and same with Saturday mornings for clients. So I'd block that off. Tuesday was this client, Thursday was this client, and if at the end of the month I would keep track of how many hours I did. But at the end of the month, say I did 20 hours, and I told myself that I needed 10 hours for it to make sense. Then you have to start thinking like, is this client worth it? Is this is this not what it, or, or do we go back to the drawing board and reframe a different contract? Or is it on me? Am I taking too long to do some of this work? And why is that? Am I being a perfectionist when I just need to get things done? So I think it's going back, like breaking down how much time a month for the clients, dedicating time to that, and just being really analytical with it. Just not throwing out your time. Just being very careful with budgeting your time.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that definitely makes sense. And because you've now done both, you've worked at big corporations, you've also done freelance. To anyone who's maybe, you know, new to the workforce or just about to enter the workforce, would you recommend, you know, testing out, you know, a corporate company and working there and and learning how to interact, um, you know, at the level with other people and at a business? Or would you recommend jumping into freelance if that interests them?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. I think every I've talked to a lot of people, and it's always the goal for a lot of people to own their own company. But I learned some really big skills that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't work in organizations. And those are skills like, um, every day, people are sharing different ideas for a campaign, and your client is going to share different ideas. So it's Understanding the communication on how to pick the best idea. So I think you can learn a lot working in an organization before you take it on for yourself. So if you do have the opportunity, I would recommend that first before you kind of go off on your own. It can totally be done the other way around, but you're learning the ropes before you go off and do it on your own that way. hmm Yeah. And I mean, you learn so much
1: in an organization, you know, skill wise, but then also there is the added benefit of networking and getting to know other people and, you know, also getting to know other roles that you might want to transition into. So there's a lot of perks of both for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you
2: also learn things that you wouldn't do. Like, and I would do things differently in some of the organizations I Like, what would be an example? I don't even know. Maybe a way that they invited the influencers to an event. You're like, that didn't really make sense. When I do my own, I'm going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Or watching something that didn't quite make sense. So you can still be analytical in an organization. Be like, that didn't work. I'm going to do something differently.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many perks to working at a company. I mean, yeah, myself, of course, I've, I haven't i have done any freelance um, and kind of in my line of work, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to work at a company. But I definitely see, you know, the different things that I didn't realize I was going to be learning that I now am working at a company. Um, And yeah. I, sometimes the lessons are just, you know, they're just lifelong lessons that you're going to keep with you. And you wouldn't have learned it if you weren't there, to be
2: honest. Totally. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah,
1: for sure. So I want to talk a bit about your freelance work too. So, you know, if anyone is listening, who is trying to enter into freelance, or maybe also doing what you're doing, working, you know, full time, but then also doing freelance um, as well. How did you actually, you know, get your first couple of clients? Was that a difficult process? Or was it able, or were you able to actually get those couple of clients from the network that that you'd already built for yourself?
2: Mm, that's also a good question. I think it's a little bit twofold. It's the way, like, you, which kind of goes back to the psychology of it. Like, how do you make a big purchase decision if you're a client? So usually it comes as a recommendation. So word of mouth. And then they probably checked out your Instagram page and were to see if there was a connection with you. And then they may have reached out. And then it's probably honestly the same way that you reached out to me for a podcast. Maybe somebody said something, say you got a recommendation from me, or you heard that I worked in PR. Then you probably check out my Instagram page, and then you reach out to me either through my website or another way. And so it's honestly the exact same way for finding clients. So you need a roster of people that are going to recommend you or – You can recommend yourself and through people and then have a really great homepage, like a landing page for people to see your work and then they will reach out. So kind of having a really strong personal brand and a really strong um, group of network and connections is like the perfect storm for finding clients.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's actually, you know, it's so true and you're right. Like I, I did find you through, you know, Instagram and I checked out your website and your LinkedIn. Then I reached out to you cause I was like, wow, she's yeah. such a girl boss and everything is just, you know, screaming professional, but then also relatable and fun. And, you know, you've achieved so much and it really yeah. shines through of course. And it really shines through on everything that you have. and. I loved looking at your blog even and just reading some of your posts too that you had. And I was like reading through and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, you know, just as I, as I was going through and I was like, yeah, I have to definitely reach out to her and just see if she'll come on. And I'm so happy that you are here because I'm loving this conversation. Oh, um,
2: thank you so much. But yeah. it's so interesting when you step back and think about it, like how did I reach out to her for a podcast? Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of the same way. Like how does the client reach out to somebody for social media help, for PR help. It's kind of the same process. Like they check you out and then, and so honestly, I'd also recommend like if you have tips on, these are my best tips for iPhone photography. This is how I edit my photos on my phone. You're just sharing little tidbits on And you're kind of creating your expertise that way. So when a potential client comes to look at your page, they're like, oh, well, she knows what she's talking about. She's an expert in the industry. She's writing about five tips on iPhone photography, or you're kind of sharing that, you're you're crafting your content knowing that a potential client could look at it. So it's just kind of changing the perspective a little bit. Mm -hmm,
1: definitely and also just an FYI to anyone listening if you are interested on you know just building your own brand online Janelle has an amazing blog post and you can find it in the show notes I'll link it there but definitely take a look it's great yeah oh thank you so much yeah of course um so I also wanted to talk about you know you've been a director you're now you know also in a position where I'm not sure if you're hiring people, but maybe, you know, you have in the past. So for someone who is in a position where you've different, you know, you've hired different people, what type of skills do you look for? What kind of personality traits are you looking for in someone that you do want to hire for a marketing team?
2: Mm, Such a good question. I'm going to be real honest with you. I've hired people before and I always creeps their Instagram before. (laughs) If Mm -hmm. somebody is bringing you in for an interview in marketing, I promise you, unless they're crazy, they're totally going to Google you. Mm -hmm. So know that is going to happen. So I look at them and I think like, what, who are they online? Like, who's this person? Um, So if they share marketing tips, communication tips, that type of thing, if they know how to curate their own Instagram account, then they will do that For the brand so I'll always check them out first and one time I saw one of my bosses go through a honestly there's probably 200 resumes in this folder for a position and he was just firing them through and I stopped him and I was like how are you picking which ones to choose like how there's so many how how do you even pick and he's like I'm looking for recognizable names So, worked with Coca-Cola or um, just, like, use a recognizable name. It's like, I have no idea who LR&Co social media specialist is, and I don't even have the time to look. So, pretend you did work at LR&Co and you were a social media specialist, but pretend you did do something that, like, was in, or one of your clients was... Even like a popular local cookie company or something. Just having recognizable names at the top. And just, I always have that vision of him in my head, just firing through these resumes, looking, scanning for something he recognizes. So um, I think trying to make your, your resume like clear, concise, With very clear recognizable names if you can know what your social media profile looks like and also the cover letter makes a huge difference i can tell you that me and anybody else that's ever hired for a role can totally tell if it's a template where you're like dear blank name this is why i'm interested honestly even spend five ten minutes like five minutes if you have to get through a lot of interviews making it personal like Hey, Janelle, I absolutely love going to craft. I saw that you guys have a brand new rooftop patio in Calgary, um, and I saw that you're hiring for a social media position. I noticed on Instagram that you guys are doing less videos, but I have a videography uh, skill set, and I'm super excited to show you. I've attached my portfolio, um, so I'm like, oh, that's more interesting than dear blank. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just a- yeah, just capture their attention right away and make yourself, um, make capture their attention, stand out and make your personal brand really, um, eye-catching as well.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. And I mean, it's such valuable advice too, because I'm sure, you know, especially at this time, university just ended. A lot of people just graduated. They're probably looking for jobs right now. So, These are the kind of tips that people are looking for, you know, straight from someone who's hired. So, you know, go out there, update your cover letters, personalize them, you know, get those names on your resume and that's great advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so I know we are, you know, wrapping up on our time here. But my last question, I'm not sure if this is, you know, the same answers we already talked about. But last question, what was your dream job growing up?
2: Okay, so when I was really little, my dream job was a bus driver. And that is because I would take the bus to elementary school and I thought my bus driver was the coolest person. They got to chat with all the kids, they gotta play music, they gotta plan the route, and I was like, This is the best job ever. Like I wanna be that guy in the driver's seat. And in a weird way, that's kind of in a PR event planning sense the same thing. You're always talking to people, entertaining people, planning the route, still in the driver's seat and making sure everybody has a good time. So I, I think that there's a connection, but I'm not totally sure.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. I feel like I've never heard that before, but that's like the cutest dancer ever. I love it.
2: <laughs>
1: Aww, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Um, we 100% need to meet up if I'm in Calgary or in Vancouver. Um, you know, I, it's been so interesting to hear your experience, how you got from, you know, someone who was, you know, just studying psychology and English and, you know, ultimately marketing branding PR and your entire progression of how you've got to where you are today. And, um, you know, it's, it's so cool to hear someone go through that entire process and do so well in the matter of just a short period of time.
2: Oh, thank you so much. That means the
1: world. Yeah, of course, of course. So I will, of course, link all of your, um, you know, your socials in the show notes. But just so everyone is able to just hear it right now, do you mind just letting people know where they can find you?
2: Sure. Yeah, so on Instagram, my name is at... Chanel Sekuchi, which is not the easiest thing to sell. So yes, if you link it, that would be amazing. And if there's any questions that you have, about marketing or social media, just reach out, send me a DM. I would love to connect with you if there's something that I didn't touch on in the podcast. And my website is linked on my Instagram, but it's www.chanelsacucci.com.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is, learn how to play the acoustic guitar, and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial, but realize halfway, contouring is hard, and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats,
0: produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit Bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant. Whatever it takes.